Welcome everybody to another episode of Out of Character with Jupiter Sanders. I am Jupiter Sanders. In this episode, we're going to talk about a topic that I've I've actually been mulling for probably the close to the past year, and it's a topic probably that I've I've thought about more than I've ever even thought about developing this podcast. So, it's something near and dear to my heart. It is about women in gaming. And for this episode, we'll keep it to RPG gaming, even though we do know women do have gaming interests that extend beyond RPGs, video games, card game tournaments, whatnot. So in relation to RPG gaming, and this episode, I have three guests with me. I have a returning guest, Royce, who was with us on the um, Winter War Convention episode where we discussed convention organizing and everything that goes into that. And he's graciously accepted the invite to come back and discuss this topic. Hello, Royce. Hello. I have Mac. I'm sure many of you will recognize Mac's voice when you hear it. Mac is on other podcasts. Uh, she is the <laughs> voice of Sergeant Butch on Pink Mohawk Edition and is also the audio engineer <laughs> and a co-host of Not Your Normal Nerdcast on Twitch TV slash Riot House Entertainment. And we will uh, provide links to those shows so you can find her. But welcome, Mac. Awesome. Hi, everyone. I'm really excited to be on this episode. Yes, thank you. Again, when I when I put out the call and was asking around, I've, I've had several people mention, oh, you should have Mac. And I'm like, whoa, I don't know. <laughs> several? I mean, really? I don't really know Mac, and oh, Mac wow. doesn't I know me, that. so I don't know if Mac would even I talk to you. You are super valued. Uh, multiple people <laughs> mentioned you, multiple people. So no, you are mm -hmm. you are thought of highly. And uh, <laughs> then I also have Super Cookie, who is a cast member on Without a Net. She plays Charlotte in the Call of Cthulhu, and she is my my co-cast member for Without a Net. But right now she is my player, and I am the GM in the Call of Cthulhu series. Hi. Hi. <laughs> and uh, so I reached out to Cookie and said, hey, you're a woman and you game. You're perfect for this. <laughs> and I know you and you talk to me. So <laughs> I love that I meet like the minimum requirements. No. <laughs> Thanks, best friend. <laughs> I think it was because you are, and we'll kind of jump into it. You are kind of new to the RPG end of gaming, correct? Yes, like pretty fresh, like uh, maybe a little more than a year, if that. Okay. Oh, wow. You're Yeah. And Mac, you've been in RPG gaming for how long? Uh, for a while. I think it's been three years at this point. Okay. And, and, and Royce, you've been in RPG gaming for about how long? Oh, wow. Let's see. I got started back in college. That puts it at about 17 years now in various capacities. Okay. All right. I have all of you beat. So just so you're aware, we're talking decades. <laughs> so I win and I'm competitive, <laughs> which is a weird thing to uh, to say when I, I know some of the questions I'm going to ask. So Cookie, you're new to RPG gaming and the people you've gamed with have been in real life friends and in yes. the podcast. But again, somebody you know in real life brought you in, correct? Yes, Bamps drug me kicking and screaming <laughs> at first. But I'm glad that he did. It's been a lot of fun. So have all your experiences been at tables with mixed gender? And have they all been good? Yes. Um, yes and no. 
I mean, it's all people that I, I know in real life. So you know how that can sometimes come with its own friction, you know, just because of real life mm-hmm. stuff. Because of real life. But stuff, yeah. yeah, I'd say generally positive. Okay. And and Mac, your experience at a table? I've had a lot of good experience and a whole lot of bad experience. I have enough negative experience in gaming to go on for <laughs> like hours <laughs> about it. I have also worked in a, you know, tabletop gaming store. Oh. Which <laughs> um yeah, that was that was definitely an experience. I, I would I would say it is mostly bad. That is not a setting that I would ever want to work in again. Wow. Okay. Yeah. All right. Mostly because of the way that I was treated by, you know, a lot of the customers that we had. Okay. So let's my experience at a at a table as as a woman, I have played in virtual online games and I have played in real life games at conventions or with friends or varied capacities. And I would say as a woman, most of my experiences have been positive. I have had maybe two, three bad experiences, one in real life, a couple in virtual games. And that's been mm. the extent. Now, sorry, I feel like I should probably specify all of my negative mm-hmm. experiences were, you know, at a physical table. Mm-hmm. I've done my fair share of online gaming. You know, Pink Mohawk Edition is, you know, a game that we run online mm-hmm. with people in various places. But yeah, mm-hmm. you know, I think it's been kind of an even mix of both, mm-hmm. really. Okay. I'm sorry to no, interrupt. No, 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 you're fine. I feel no, like I had to. You wanted to like, oh, wait, if we're going to differentiate. I just feel like I had to specify yes, yeah. that. No, no, yeah. no. So we'll, we'll get into the difference between face-to-face games and online games because there is a, a big difference in how you handle those games. Absolutely. But I, I will say like my worst experience was in a face-to-face game by far. But when you mentioned working in a tabletop game store, I will say, and... And, and Royce, I'm not excluding you from this. You can tell me if you've had bad experiences at a table as well. But <laughs> sure. working in a or walking into a game store as a woman is a an experience. Yes, you're either outright ignored. <laughs> mm-hmm. In my experience, speaking from my own experience, I am either outright ignored, or if I'm with a male person, I am. They don't talk to me. They talk to the person with me. Yeah, always. Always. Like, it's like, mm-hmm. oh, I'm just going to talk to the man because it's the man that's obviously the one here. And even if that individual that you're with says, no, 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 she's the one that has the questions, they still, like, have a blinder on, like, you're not there. Mm-hmm. So has that been kind of like, I mean, you worked there, so I'm sure you didn't do that to the customers. So what was your negative experience like in a, in a game store? I have had, okay, so a lot of the customer base of, you know, tabletop gaming stores tends to be awkward nerd dudes. And like, obviously, that is not everybody. That's not even like, not even all of the Mm -hmm. dudes that shop at tabletop gaming stores are, you know, awkward nerd dudes. But there were a lot of those. And, you know, I like, there have been a lot of guys who have come up to me and, gotten like very overly friendly with me you know have tried to like completely monopolize my time and such while I am working you know and I've had moments where I was like oh is this guy is this guy like trying to flirt with me or what 
And I kind of just like tried to brush them off, you know, as, as much as I possibly could. And right. then later, like this, this was not an isolated incident. This happened frequently. I would have one of my male coworkers come to me like a few minutes after the guy leaves. And, you know, my, my coworker would be like, oh, hey, so you know that one guy, you know, who was, uh, who was talking to you? Uh, yeah, he came up to me and he asked me if you were single. For context, <laughs> not only am I definitely not single, uh, I have been in a committed relationship for like the past three and a half years. I am very, very gay. And, you know, I'm a, I'm a butch lesbian. So like, <laughs> I'm kind of confused at like why oh. these men thought that they would have a chance <laughs> with me in the first place. But yeah no i mean i don't that that that's hmm. that's frequent like they never want to talk to me about games they always you know they're just <laughs> like oh girl who who like game oh mm. i i it's, can go on date with her like no no you can't please please leave me alone please treat me like a person first i mean that's that's a special unicorn the girl gamer, the, the the a pretty, which I'm sure you are. I've seen you. You're adorable, and you game. <gasps> I'd want to date you. Come on. Well, yeah, but like, of course, but like you gotta to be. You know. gotta you gotta go about it in a way that's not weird. <laughs> okay, <laughs> so Royce, in uh, game stores, have you ever seen this? Have you ever have you ever bared witness? To the weird, awkward etiquette that occurs in a game store when a or, or when lack a woman thereof. Uh, so, <laughs> so being someone who has also worked in a game store with female coworkers, I have seen both sides of it happen, which was always really awkward. So you always get the guys who come in who think, "Oh, hey, this person who's working at this store is a girl and also a gamer is being nice to me. I should try really hard to be nice, quote unquote, back." And it becomes really very awkward very quickly. You know, to the point where uh, there have been times where the, the female co-workers that I was working with at the time have been like, hey, look, I'm going to run to the back and get something out of the back. Hint, hint, wink, wink. Uh, can you help this gentleman? And I'm like, yeah, sure, please Ooh, yeah, go. my store didn't even have a back, um, so I didn't you know, have anywhere then, to escape to. <laughs> yeah, and that's kind of unfortunate. I feel like every store, no matter mm. like what type of store it is, should definitely have somewhere where you know, employees can go to get away from yeah. uh, people that are making them uncomfortable just because it's, mm -hmm. you know, it makes sense. But at the same time, I've also seen, you know, my male coworkers, and this is the, the store that I've worked at changed hands while I was working at it. And a lot of the people got let go. And fortunately, the ones who got let go were the guys who were the, you know, girl walks in and they just don't pay any attention to them. They're, you know, watching a magic tournament happen on, you know, streaming or, looking at something on Facebook. And then as soon as a guy walks in, it's like, Hey, how can I help you with something? So yeah, I've seen both sides of it and it's, it's unfortunate and it, it happens far, far too often at way too many establishments. I've also been in the situation where, you know, I got completely ignored when I walked into, uh, you know, a game store. It was during the time that I was working at the game store I was working at a new one opened up like sort of in the area and I was like, oh, well, you know, I think I'm going to go and check this one out. You know, maybe give them a little bit of business, get friendly, whatever. I walk in, there are these two guys in the back that are like talking over, you know, a set of Warhammer figures or something, you know, and I'm like, <laughs> I am very obviously in the store. I know they see me. <laughs> and, you know, I, 
stand there and I walk around for like a good three minutes or so and they don't talk to me. Eventually I go up to them and I'm like, hey, you know, where can I find like such and such item? You know, do you have any do you have any Shadowrun books? And they're like, oh, all of our RPGs are in the corner over there. That is the hmm. extent of what they said to me. I mean, at least they, they told you where it was. Yeah. I mean, at least they, you know. <laughs> <laughs> I, I have full on just mm-hmm. been ignored. So, Cookie, when you go, have you ever gone into a game store, Cookie? Oh, yeah. yeah. I've done all kinds of stuff like that. I've gone to, um, like, Comic-Con here uh, in Philadelphia. And I feel like I kind of have a different, I guess, reaction to people who treat me strangely just because I work in customer service. I mean, I am a bartender, Mm. so I get to see the lowest dredges of (laughs) society like all the time. You know what I mean? Like not always people at their best. So Mm. I just don't let things bother me. And if I'm looking for something cool, I've been passed over as well. Mm -hmm. You know, I have a child. He is a 14 year old boy who is taller than me. So of course he's the reason why you're in the store Mm -hmm. or looking for this video game or this, you know, RPG games. So So an assumption assumption is made because you walked into a store with a young man with you, therefore he must be the customer because it's a male dominated hobby. Absolutely. Hmm. Okay. I have another story that i would love to interject here i i I feel like i've been monopolizing a lot of the time so far and i feel a little bit bad about it but this is (laughs) this is this is like my my story that i always immediately point to when somebody asks me how i've been treated as a woman in gaming or you know what it's like to work in a game store as a woman so the weekend before i went to gen con you know Gen Con, obviously, mm-hmm. biggest gaming convention. You know, I I had been, you know, talking to like a couple of customers about it and like, you know, like mentioning how excited I was. For some reason, over the course of this weekend before Gen Con, I had at least three separate men come up to me, like men who I had talked to on multiple occasions. They came up to me and they were like, oh, so Mac, do you play games? And I'm like, I, how is this a real question that you're really asking me? I work at a game store. Why do you think I'm here? Well, I mean, in, so in, in defense of that, <laughs> not that I'm defending those men. You don't have to defend yeah. You just I'm not defending them. anybody. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> but there's actually a growing trend I've noticed, especially in my area, where game stores that are looking to cater more towards the the non-hardcore quote unquote gamer crowd who are, you know, they're trying to be just a friendly, hey, come in and check out these games kind of establishment, will actually hire people who are not gamers. They go out of their way to not hire gamers at their game store because of the negative stigma that comes with that I mean, sort of I guess, you know, but that uh, also that also seems really weird. I mean, in my opinion, you know, if you're if you're working in like a like a sales ish situation, you know, you have to know the product that you're selling. Oh, yeah. I'm not disagreeing. As a yeah. as somebody who knows a lot about games, if I'm going into a store looking for a particular thing and I go, "Hey, do you have this expansion for Arkham Horror?" and the person looks at me and goes, "I don't know what that is, but I'll look it up for you." My first reaction yeah. is, "Wait, what?" Yeah. <laughs> like I'm in a game store, why do you not know if that you just, that? So that just seems really I get strange it, but there's also and like, like counterintuitive. 
You'd I think, think the but, thing about the, your story that stuck out to me was that you had spoken to these people yeah. on multiple occasions, like right. I, I, I think one That's of them the was like one who I didn't really know, but like a couple of these people were like, "Dude, I've you've come in and I've talked to you about board games. What do you mean?" Why are you asking uh, me this question? So <laughs> We're all just socially awkward yeah. is why. <laughs> <laughs> so could that be it, though? Could that just be they had talked to you, but they wanted to talk to you again, so they found a reason? I, it was a horrible reason. It was a terrible yeah. lead-in. But they wanted to interact, and so they found something to ask, no matter how inane it is they still want I, to I interact. guess that's possible I I don't know maybe I should be giving them the, the benefit of the doubt I'm yeah, the eternal optimist but, like so I don't I don't know like that just breaks me What does your sociology training tell you <laughs> uh, <laughs> What does your sociology My sociology tell training you? tells me that people are weird and unpredictable and do mm. weird shit sometimes mm-hmm. that doesn't really always have an explanation that sounds yeah, fair. It also tells fair. me that men have Agree. a tendency to talk down to women or, you know, I mean, in my <sighs> case, people who they perceive as women, I'm actually non-binary, but, mm-hmm. you know, and that's, ooh, that's a whole other issue that I could get into what it's like to be a non-binary person. Uh, yes, that, that, yeah. So I, now you talk about talk down mm. to, and I mean, when I hear that, I hear the term man-splaining. Yes. I have Gross. been in games, and now don't get me wrong, I am okay when the mansplaining occurs, and they really are doing it from a place of, gee golly, mm-hmm. I want to help, and I'm okay with that. When it's the, gee golly, I just want to help, but when it's the, I got to mansplain this to this broad because she doesn't know. Yeah. So mm-hmm. I got to help her. I got I to gotta help her out because if I don't help her... This game is going to go nowhere, so I'm going to have to explain how to play the game or how to play her character because it's obvious she didn't know what she yeah, was doing. Yeah, I had a <laughs> <laughs> I was in a group with a guy like that for a while. He was actually the GM of the first Shadowrun campaign that I ever played, and I'm mm. honestly when I think about that being like my first exposure to my first exposure to Shadowrun, I'm honestly kind of amazed that I stayed interested in that particular game because, like, oh boy, that that first experience was so bad. You know, he tried to like mansplain, you know, the different like the different character archetypes to me, and like to be fair, I had never played Shadowrun before. He might have been just mm-hmm. trying to help, but he was like. You know, it, it was to the point where he was like, oh, yeah, a mage is basically like a wizard. And I'm just like, dude, dude, how how <laughs> stupid do you think I am? <sighs> so let, let but here's the thing. When it's real life and somebody's mansplaining mm-hmm. to me, I tolerate it a yeah. lot more because I'm staring this person in the face. We're at a table. There's other people. It's a gathering, it's an event, and you don't want to cause mm-hmm. a scene. But when it's online and somebody does it, I just mute myself and cackle like, oh my God, <laughs> he's mansplaining to me. It's yeah. fantastic. And then I just pretend like I, you know, like I ignore it or I lean into the skit and like, tell me more. <laughs> yeah. Because I'm just like, I'm going to do it now because I could be a jerk <laughs> online because I don't have to see anybody's mm. face. They, I, I don't know them. They don't really know me. 
So I think when you're in an online game and bad events happen, bad experiences happen, you have a little more control and power because you have the protection of anonymity. Yeah, that's very true. But when you're in a real life game, I think women tend to suffer more injustices or issues or problems because they don't Mm -hmm. want to rock that. That I will absolutely agree with. Which men, though, if, if, you know, if Bill's being a dick at the table, Bob has no problem telling Bill, you're being a dick. But a woman can't do that. She can't tell Bill, you know, you're being a dick because then it's, oh, Mm -hmm. bitch. So, well, then we're being screechy and preachy. Oh, my gosh. What a harpy. Why? Why are you playing this game? You know, so why do we why do women do that? Why do we tolerate the bad game and not rock the boat? When we have just as much of a right to say anything as anybody else at that table. Well, a lot of the time, you know, we're worried that like, or I mean, at least in in my experience, when I've had stuff like that happen and I didn't speak up immediately, it's because, you know, I mean, I was worried that people were going to like get mad. You know, the entire like gaming session was going to get derailed. You know, I was worried Mm -hmm. that the other men at the table were going to like dogpile on me. And be like, oh, well, it's really not that bad. Oh, you're just being, you know, you're just being too sensitive. Ah, you're, you're emotional. Yeah. You're overreacting. Mm-hmm. Oh, oh yeah. yeah, that's the one. Oh, you're yeah. emotional. Relax. Mm-hmm. Just relax. I love when I'm told that, like, what? It's not that big a deal. <laughs> or oh, even better, even better <laughs> yeah. is when they say, oh, well, it was just a joke. And, and no, mm-hmm. it was not a joke. It was not a joke. Like, then your sense of humor is poor. Zakara, who's listening, said, should other male players then speak up? Uh, My answer to that. Which now is. My answer to that is is yes. If you are a man and you see, you know, mansplaining or sexism or, you know, anything of that nature. If you see that happening at your table, you know, just tell, you know, your, your fellow player who is doing the shitty thing that he's doing that like hey don't do that so if i can posit something mm-hmm. though like i i feel that and feel free to disagree and and tell me if i'm wrong here but my uh, my opinion on that is that there are clear like times where okay yeah dude you're being a dick shut up like it's clear that not like nobody else is getting your quote-unquote sense of humor like you're just you're just kind of being a mm-hmm. you know a douche just stop right now mm-hmm. But then there's the other side of it where I feel that some people may take that a bit too far and it becomes the problem of being offended for somebody mm-hmm. else. Mm-hmm. And and I've seen that happen not nearly as often, but I have seen it happen at gaming tables where, you know, somebody at the table is trying to be the, you know, the the upstanding good guy or, or gal and, you know, start calling this stuff out to the point where it's like, no, everybody at the table saw that was a joke. You being offended for someone else is taking away their voice at the table to say whether or not they're actually okay with something. Yeah, It's cool if you're offended by it. Like, that's fine. But don't take somebody else's voice into your hands and be like, you shouldn't say that because so-and-so is offended. Whereas the person that they're, you know, trying to take that bullet for sitting there going, but I, but I wasn't offended. It's definitely dependent on the situation and on, you know, the people involved. Yep. You know, it's like every, every situation is going to vary realistically. But it is, it is, it is situational, definitely. But because I, I feel a lot of guys, if one guy speaks up for 
a, a, a woman at the table, then the other guys automatically just assume you you just like her. You're just trying to date her. You're just and that also gets in into and then he ends up. That also gets into like the opposite problem of white knighting. Nobody white knighting. Yeah. Nobody oh my likes god. A yeah. Nobody likes a white. <laughs> well, I take that back. I know some women that do, but <laughs> but that's what I was kind of getting at. Is that whole like somebody being offended for other people mm-hmm. and and those people who may or may not actually be offended losing the ability to be offended. But that mm-hmm. goes back onto the, like, so if I'm sitting at a table and I'm going, hey, dude, don't be saying that because she might get offended. Like, it's not going to come back on me as being the person that is being quote unquote disruptive. Mm-hmm. Like, that's going to be transferred to the person that I'm trying to take up for it, which is still not fair. Mm-hmm. And like I've seen way too much of that happening at uh, tables as well. So in the capacity of a uh, convention organizer, I've been doing that for about 18 years now. And there have been so many times where, you know, we'll have a situation happen at a table and, you know, somebody at the table doesn't speak up or somebody does speak up and it's not the person who's actually offended. And later on, what we find out is, well, I didn't want to say anything because I didn't want to be disruptive. Mm-hmm. And like, that is a, I, I totally disagree with that attitude. I get it. I understand the attitude. Be disruptive, though. Like, as a as a male gamer uh, who has played at many, many tables with all different kinds of people, I would much rather somebody stand up at the table and be disruptive if they're offended. But you also can't be the person who is being offended for somebody else because then, like, again, that doesn't go back on the person who's standing up. It goes back on the person that they're standing yeah. up, quote, unquote, for. And that's also bad. Like, and that's, you know, so there's that their fine line of like, hey, dude, you're being offensive because that offends me and probably other people. Mm-hmm. Like, that's one thing to say. But when you start getting into the territory of, hey, I'm offended for this other person, like, then it turns mm-hmm. into a whole different problem. No, uh, I think I think if I mean, Royce, tell me if, if I'm wrong here, but I think the best thing any male could do at a table is when a woman at a table expresses a displeasure or a, Hey, I don't like that. Or can we not do that? They could at least back her up. Hey, you know, this makes this person doesn't like this. Let's not do that. You know, at least back her up, not speak for her, but at least validate her. Oh yeah. I think that's the best way to go. Right. That's the best outcome, right? Is like, you know, if if you feel uncomfortable at a table and somebody's making jokes that you don't like, you know, speak up and have, and if somebody else at the table is just like, yeah, I agree, that's Mm -hmm. awkward. Like that is the best outcome because now you've got, you know, if you're at a six person table, which is generally what you're going to get at a con or something, Mm -hmm. like you've got a third of the table now telling people, you know, so they can't be angry at a single person. And then you've also got that fallback of like, well, if the rest of the table suddenly gets upset, which I've seen happen in a case where at Gen Con one time, perfect example, me and a friend of mine were sitting at a table with a bunch of people who have clearly been coming to Gen Con together for years and set up a game to play basically with their friends at Gen Con and ended up being a public game. So me and my friend also got into it and they were saying things that, you know, we did not agree with. And you know, he spoke up and said, Hey man, that's not cool. Like you shouldn't say that kind of stuff. And I'm like, yeah, dude, that's like really not great. Like we got dogpiled on Mm -hmm. and we Mm -hmm. got up and left. Mm -hmm. Right. Like, but it, so that does happen where, you know, you, you can get dogpiled on if it's a group of people who all know each other, Mm -hmm. 
which is a really bad situation that you kind of don't want to be in anyways. Mm -hmm. So like leaving is the best option, but there are, but most of the time it's a, if it's a group of people who are not like all already friends, if two people at the table are saying that's not cool, what I've seen overall is the majority of people go, okay, yeah, cool. That's not cool. Let's mm -hmm. not do that. Like, because suddenly you've got more than just one person being the, the squeaky wheel. Mm -hmm. Cookie, what were you going to say? Well, and regardless, so it's not, obviously you held fast to your morals and did, you know, what felt right to you. And that group wasn't correct, you know, mm -hmm. for you. And you found that out quickly by speaking up. And that's, you know, commendable because mm -hmm. you didn't let something stand that you weren't comfortable with. And I think that works for, you know, men, women, everyone. That should be the norm mm -hmm. in gaming, period. That should be the norm. But I'll tell you the story of a young, let's just say a young woman at a face-to-face -face group table. And let's say she's not close friends, but more than acquaintances with everybody at that table. And a male player decides outside of game to ask her out. She says no, respectfully, politely declines him. Well, let's say that male player just didn't take it well. And now the entire gaming experience is awkward. There's a little bit of aggression there. Yet that player, that female player still feels like, well, everybody's having fun still. I was the source of the contention, so therefore I must bear the burden of it and never speaks up. I mean, why do we feel that way as women? Why do we take the burden on? Why can't we just go, look, either he goes or I go, no game better than bad game? Because we're sensitive balls of anxiety, like literally <laughs> at the end of the day. Women, women are also, I mean, uh, sorry, I should let you finish. Mm -hmm. <laughs> no, like we we tend to be like mm -hmm. psychologically, right? We're more social and emotional creatures. And that's why, you know, we care. Uh, we're empathetic to our friends who are going to lose out because, you know, mm -hmm. of something that could be perceived that we did that, you know, even though it should be quashed, you know, no hard feelings, bro. You know, but if it's awkward, it's because us, you know, we're the one that said no. We're to the also date, just for conditioned to, you know, basically feel like we have to do emotional labor for people. If there's a problem that pops up that we are involved in directly, you know, we somehow are just, you know, hardwired for some reason to assume that, you know, we are the source of the problem. Or that, you know, we have to deal with the problem or bear the brunt of the problem for mm -hmm. whatever reason. Yeah, I mean, I was actually going to ask, and I'm glad you brought it up. Do you guys feel that that level of emotional responsibility carries over not just in gaming, but in Absolutely. like other aspects of your life as well? Absolutely. Think, yeah. <laughs> mm -hmm. All right, and I think in an ideal world, that wouldn't be the case. I don't feel like women need to feel emotionally responsible or, mm -hmm. you know, carry those burdens yeah, for people. Yeah, you're right. We shouldn't. But unfortunately, it's it's the society we live in. Yeah. No, it's, yeah. it's crap. And it's terrible. And, you know, when it comes to a gaming space, you know, that's nine times out of ten, the problems that we have at conventions where, you know, a, a female player or not even just a female player, but, you know, any player in particular who is a little bit more you know, has that same sort of conditioning or that same feeling of being that, you know, emotional, you know, I need to, I need to be the person that takes this on. Mm -hmm. 
what we find is that when people have problems that they don't speak up about at the table, it's entirely because they're like, well, I didn't want everybody else to stop having fun. Mm -hmm. And and I think I really wish I could talk to these people and sit down and, and say to them, look, if you're not having fun because of the like offensive things that are happening at the table, in my opinion, that nobody mm-hmm. should be having fun when I something agree. is offensive, right? Mm-hmm. Like there's a there's a level of like group responsibility that has to happen in these cases where, you know, people first of all need to be more cognizant of other people's emotions and and you know, a little bit more sensitive on that level, but also be able to stand up and say, you know, hey guys, that's not cool. And if that's what you find fun, mm-hmm. I'm out and not feel guilty yeah. about doing that. Because mm-hmm. I can pretty much guarantee you that if if that's the case where that sort of thing is going on at the table and everybody else at the table is OK with it. And one person says, no, screw it. I'm out nine times out of ten. And this is unfortunate and it's terrible. The people sitting at that table are going to be like, OK, well, see you and keep going. Yeah. Right. And that's where it comes back. That ideal situation is having somebody who stands up with you and says, no, seriously, this is not cool. Because when you have that confirmation of, oh, OK, yeah, maybe we screwed up, then that sort of forces people to look at what they're doing. Not all the time. It should, but it doesn't always happen. But yeah, I just, like I said, I wish I could just sit down with these people at that moment and be like, no, do it. Just get up and walk away. Don't care about, you know, whether or not they're having fun because they're having fun at your expense. Mm-hmm. And you. And I have been in it. a situation where I've had to do that. I don't know how much detail you guys want me to go into uh, about this. So basically, long story short, uh, at one of the tables that I played at, we found out that one player who was actually a longtime friend of the GM was a neo-Nazi sympathizer. And Oof. yeah, I mean, this yeah. came up no, in conversation out. at the table. And what I really Casually. should have done Casually. in the moment was just like fucking punch him in the face and walk out. I did not do that. I stayed for the rest of the session. I did not come back the next session because I was very uncomfortable. And oh, yeah. eventually, eventually the GM was like, hey, you haven't uh, you haven't been to the game in a while. Like, is everything OK? And I was like, you know what? No, it's not OK. Your buddy is a neo-Nazi. So like I am, you know, I'm going to I'm going to give you an ultimatum, either kick him out or I am leaving and I am never coming back to play with any of you ever again. And you know, mm-hmm. he launches into this weak ass like, oh, well, that's why I didn't want to have politics come up at the table and blah, 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 blah. And I'm just like, you knew. So you knew. <laughs> what did they I, I left and he remained in the game. Wow. Wow. Yeah. Hmm. So. Hmm. I mean, at that point, the, the other people are just basically tacitly saying, you know what? Mm-hmm. I'm OK with yeah. not. And uh, yeah. that that's, is that's and that is why I left and why I am no longer friends with these people. But kudos to you for for doing that. I mean, you stayed for the rest of the session and then you went, Mm -hmm. yeah, I'm not going back. But I mean, I guess that's the the lesson here. If you're a woman in a game, whether online or face to face or at a convention, if you are faced with something that makes you uncomfortable or you find offensive or just something you're like, this isn't what I signed up for. This Mm -hmm. isn't fun. You have every right to just go, I'm out. And it should be okay. Yeah. If you guys listen to me on Not Your Normal Nerdcast, one thing that you will hear me say over and over and over again when dealing with harassment in a gaming situation is that games are supposed to be fun. If you are not having fun 
in your gaming situation, if there is someone or something involved in this game that is preventing you from enjoying yourself and having a good time, then either remove it or remove yourself. Yeah, this is something that you are participating in voluntarily, and it's supposed to be enjoyable. And if you're not enjoying it, then either change it or get out. And I know I know for a lot of people that's going to sound like it's easier said than done. I unfortunately have had to deal with this kind of situation so many times that it's routine mm -hmm. for me, you know, mm. so. Well, you say voluntarily. Now, if it's at a convention, and let's say mm -hmm. I paid. Now, if I pay four or six bucks, I should be willing to walk away. I, I think I value myself more than four or six bucks. But Roy, speaking as somebody who puts on conventions, if I had a bad experience at a table and I left an hour and a half into my four-hour session and I went to the headquarters of the con convention and I said, the game was offensive, I was offended, or it made me uncomfortable, or there was a, a topic or something was entered in that made me uncomfortable, I left the game. Would you guys refund the money or would you go, mm until we investigate or get the GM side of things, no. Would you automatically validate that they had a bad time or no? Oh, yeah, in a heartbeat. Okay. Like, we'd probably be pulling the cash out of the drawer as soon as you walked up to it. <laughs> I mean, it's granted that, you know, both of the conventions that I help organize, I, I like to feel are uh, exceptionally forward thinking in those uh, aspects, mm -hmm. uh, simply because, you know, all of the people who I who are, who organize it with me are, you know, they have married, they're married, they have children, you know, they have families, they understand that concept of like, okay, you know, if somebody's in an uncomfortable situation, they're not having fun, you can't blame the victim, because nobody wants to have their family blamed for being in the same situation. I know that it doesn't always happen at all conventions, which is a shame. Mm -hmm. At Gamehole Con specifically, our immediate reaction is, you're absolutely right, you're in a bad situation. You don't even have to explain it to us if you're not comfortable with it. If you'd like us to investigate it and maybe take action, then, you know, we will need some information. But, you know, here's your money back and let's see if we can find you a, a better game to get into. That's good. Right. Mm -hmm. And we have had several occasions where, you know, over the past eight years that we've been doing this now, where people have come up and said, hey, I, I was really uncomfortable in such and such game. And, you know, afterwards, we'll find the GM and bring them in and say, OK, you know, here's what happened. Here's what we were told. Give us your side of the story. And, you know, from there, we, we start saying, okay, does, is there any action that needs to be taken here? You know, was it a player that was a problem? Was it the GM that was the problem? Mm -hmm. You know, and, and we start going from there. Thankfully, we have yet to forcibly ban anyone from our show. We've had a few people who have uh, voluntarily decided never to come again because of you know, these sorts of situations where, you know, we were like, hey, you got to straighten up or you're out. Mm -hmm. And they said, well, fine, I'm out, which is a great, you know, mm -hmm. way for that. It's to always go, nice when opinion. the trash takes itself um, out. But there have been. <laughs> exactly, right? Yes. Uh, but, but there definitely have been times where people have come up and said, you know, hey, this happened. I, I didn't feel comfortable. And our first reaction is, you're absolutely right. You didn't need to be there. I wish more conventions had that attitude. Mm -hmm. I wish more game stores had Absolutely. that attitude because I've seen this happen in game stores as well, where people are playing like, you know, when you start to get into like the organized play stuff like Adventures League, Shadowrun Missions, Pathfinder Society, and you have people playing in these groups of people that they may not know very well. And I've seen game stores that, you know, charge a cover charge to play say, oh, well, sorry, too bad. Maybe see you next week. And that is it's just 
it, mm. it hurts my feelings <laughs> because it's like, okay, what if that happened yeah. to you? How pissed would you be if like you sat down in a game and everybody started making fun of something about you and you got up and left and the people were like, eh, that's your problem. Mm. Have a nice day. Mm-hmm. Like taking that attitude of, you know, well, that's just your opinion is not helping anybody anywhere. And I think there's way too much of that in the, you know, that has been going on in the game industry for way too long where, you know, you have just people who just don't, they're not self-aware enough to understand that this person was upset because of you or something that happened at the table that you were at. Mm -hmm. There's a problem. Mm -hmm. I feel like we've, we've really cemented the idea that we, we encountered a different experience at the table. So now I'd like to figure out maybe why and Besides, we maybe just wired differently. We're, you know, told to be more empathetic and to think about other people, to be peacekeepers. But is it also perhaps maybe, do we get treated differently because maybe we game differently, we think differently, and that affects the table, and therefore other things arise that cause these issues for us to be treated differently? Mac, do you think you game differently from men? In a lot of aspects, yes. Now, to be totally fair, I know a lot of men, and I'm I'm friends with a whole lot of men who game in a very similar way that I do. My gaming is always very character-focused and very story-focused. I care a whole lot more about, you know, creating characters who I connect with and being able to tell good stories with them than you know, building the strongest and most mechanically powerful barbarian at the table or Mm -hmm. whatever you know that's that's not something that i focus on in my gaming experience and i think a lot of my you know maybe not a lot but like at least some of my problems and some of my tolerance of issues that pop up at the table stems from that actually like if i you know if i were gaming to just create like a you know, a a character whose mechanics I liked, you know, oh, I want to play, you know, this type of paladin who can do X, Y, Z. You know, I, I could take that to any table, realistically. However, when I come to a table and I say, oh, I want to play, you know, this warlock who I created, who, you know, grew up as like the, uh, you know, the daughter of a leader of a demon cult, and is now, uh, you know, trying to run away from that, but then ends up getting sucked back into it because of, uh, you know, this this issue that her fae patron wants her to deal with. I I literally cannot play that character at any tape any other table because I made her specifically for that one campaign that I went into. I tied her story so much into, you know, the story of the campaign that had already been established and i like unless a gm creates another plot specifically for me and for this character i'll never be able to play her again and honestly like i i I think frequently about like how much i miss this character and how much i would love to play her again in another game but you know, all of those variables realistically are just never going to line up the same way that they did They did at this one particular table. And, like, that is an issue of my gaming style, and that is also why I tolerated, like, the negative environment at that table for so long. Yeah. Mm-hmm. 
because you wanted to tell the story mm-hmm. of the character. That was that took more Yeah, absolutely. To Cookie, do you think you game differently than uh men? I think that I make less dick jokes. <laughs> um, Possible. <laughs> but other than that, I don't really feel qualified because I only have, you know, limited experience. Mm-hmm. I can tell you that I see people who are obviously way more like knowledgeable than me doing some cool, awesome stuff. And I just kind of am at the stage where I'm like shooting from the hip and like what seems cool, what would be fun to do. Mm-hmm. So ask me in another two, three, four, mm-hmm. 20 years. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, Royce, do you, do you think you game differently than women at the table? I like to think I don't, but I'm not qualified to speak on that because I've never had the, I've never been on the other side of that and been a woman at the table with myself. <laughs> so it's really hard for me to say. I, I do think that there is speaking to, uh, to Max point about the, you know, the power gaming and all of that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and this goes back to what we were talking about after the last podcast, Jupiter, where I, I think there's a certain aspect of, of that empowerment fantasy for most guys, especially older people who are in the hobby or people who may be socially awkward who have gotten into the hobby, mm-hmm. where it is, you know, outside of this realm, my, you know, being maybe more, uh, you know, book smarts or whatever is not winning me any back. But when I go and I build a character, I can take all of that brain power and put it into something that's going to beat up on things that are stand-ins for all of the people in my life that I have, you know, that have tormented me or made me feel weak or in some way. Mm-hmm. So I think that's, I think there's a certain subset of, of the, uh, of the male population who play in that, that way. So that's where you get like the power gamers and the people who think they've got to have the smartest, most mechanically gifted, you know, character in the room. It's, it's definitely a style that I see more in the, uh, when you get into things like the organized play styles where you're, you know, it's not a a long running group or something, you know, you're just doing sort of one off adventures really with a random party. It's also really difficult to do like in-depth storytelling in an organized play kind of setting uh, just, just because oh, of the yeah, way it's definitely. set up. yeah, definitely. Agree there. Uh, that's part of the reason that I find it really difficult to get into organized play, actually. Mm-hmm. Oh, Definitely the same. I gave up on that a long time ago. <laughs> like, I'm not getting that satis- that satisfaction of having a character whose story is being fleshed out over, you know, months yeah. or years of a campaign with a group of, you know, regular people who, you know, we can build off of. I, I do think in the past few years, maybe the past five to, to ten years, at least with the resurgence of uh, mm-hmm. D&D now that they're in their fifth edition, I've seen a lot more younger uh, men coming into the hobby, a lot more people who are not your, you know, stereotypical grognard, neckbeard gamer, you know, mm-hmm. denizens at the back of the game store uh, kind of folks. And I think that attitude of gameplay is shifting a lot. And I'm seeing a lot more progressive thoughts put into like how mm-hmm. people behave at the table. Uh, a lot more people not putting up with nearly as much. And it's definitely a demographic oh, yeah. thing. Like there are some places that you know, if if you are, you know, that that sort of old school OSR, you can't come into my house and play with my toys kind of gamer, you're not welcome there. But then there are also places that cater exactly mm-hmm. towards those people. And uh, there, I think that divide is actually growing. 
which is unfortunate because I think that that is, you know, because you have those places at like conventions and, you know, some organized play stuff where those two sides start to mingle and it's that the friction is becoming a lot more apparent because they are splitting so far apart. You know, not that I want to minimize the way, you know, I don't want to minimize a group of people and say, well, you're not welcome because you, you know, because of like your style of gaming. But I do think it's completely legit to say you're not welcome because of your mm-hmm. attitude towards other gamers. Yeah, that's, mm-hmm. yeah, yeah, that's true. Uh, that's a completely reasonable thing to, you know, push somebody out of a community for. If you're going to be a dick to other people, that's not acceptable in really any situation. <laughs> but, you know, if you're going to be like, oh, well, you like this kind of gaming, so we don't want you to play here. I mean, that's that's rude. I I think it is important to discuss, like, you know, if you're going to play a game, it's important to discuss play styles just so that everybody involved mm-hmm. can have fun. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So let's get into that. So whether you're online or face-to-face, the GM is basically, I don't want to say the one in charge, but he's the one that pretty much has to make sure the table functions. He's the facilitator of the game. So the zero session, when we when we have a zero session, what are some things GMs and players can discuss that will help facilitate a better experience, especially when you have a mix of genders at the table? What do you suggest, uh, Royce? So there's been a lot of suggestions that I've heard on this topic. I Honestly, I think the best thing is, for my opinion, is open and honest communication up front. Like, if there are topics that you are just like, hey, guys, this is who I am. This is my beliefs. You know, and and if you can't be respectful of that, Mm -hmm. let me know now. Like, I think that's the best way to approach it. It's just, you know, there's been people who are like, oh, well, if you have like a little card that you can hold up when you're, you know, feeling, uh, you know, offended or not comfortable with something or, you know, that kind of thing. I'm not really sure if that's if you're in a con setting, something like that, where you don't have that a lot of time to like build those interpersonal communications of like, here's what, you know, here's what I'm comfortable with. Here's what I'm not comfortable with. I think that can help. I, but I honestly think at the end of the day, it's just, you got to talk to people. You got to find out what people are into, what kind of style of gaming they're going to want to play, you know, what they're comfortable with discussing and not comfortable with discussing. Uh, if you're the GM and you've got a campaign planned out and you know, the very first scene of that campaign is, okay, you're all in a village and it's being burned down and there's guys running around slaughtering orphans. And somebody, you know, at the table sits down and is like, hey, guys, I was an orphan when I was little and I just want to put that out there. Then you should probably rethink, you know, some of your, your campaign notes there. So it's you can't just like bowl over other people just because you think you're right. But you also have to have those conversations and, you know, maybe say as a GM, well, look, here's something that's going you know that's planned to happen are you cool with that i don't think that needs to go into like every single detail of everything that's happening at the table like i don't think people should get into the habit of asking permission Mm -hmm. uh to do things in character but they also need to be aware of what's been going on around them so you have those upfront conversations and then pay attention to how other people are playing and you know try to to do what you can to enhance the overall fun not just be like nope i'm here for me because being selfish at the table is just the worst. If we're talking specifically in a convention setting, I think one of the fastest and easiest things to do is ask your group, hey, is there anything that you're you know, really uncomfortable with that I should leave off the table? Because 
you know, I have, I have both had and like seen, you know, some issues from people that, you know, really were not anything that, you know, a lot of people would expect immediately, you know, would, would like become an issue. If that makes any sense, I feel like I worded that in a really weird way. But yeah, you know, that gives you the ability to say in, you know, kind of a kind of a protected neutral environment, like, hey, I'm really uncomfortable with including things like car wrecks, or, you know, suicide in, you know, my my RPG settings. So I don't really want to have anything of that nature come up, you know, and like, you're not you're not forced to like give anybody an explanation of why you know you don't want that on the table it's just nope these are my these are my hard lines these are things that i absolutely don't want to see and you know a a good gm and good fellow players will respect those boundaries if we're talking like a more long-term campaign, I think another another quick, easy way to do that is the whole, you know, if you've seen the consent and gaming worksheet, that has been, uh, that's been the topic of a lot of discussion and, you know, a lot of the circles that I run in. And, you know, I think it's a really good, really helpful tool. Um, I have actually used that in a couple of my games and, you know, it's, it's great. It's awesome. It gives the GM something concrete to, you know, see in front of them and have as a reference. But, uh, you know, like you said earlier, open and honest communication between uh, players and with the GM is absolutely vital. You know, and it's it's not just about what you don't want in the game. That gives you a chance to discuss the kind of things that you do want to see in the game themes that you really do want to explore and you know honestly that can be a whole lot of fun too so i'm i'm gonna disagree a little bit with with okay. part of what you said mac and that was when it comes to a, mm -hmm. a con game if i'm a gm at a con game or let let, let me let me go back up if i'm a player at a con game i'm with most likely at least four mm -hmm. other strangers. And if the GM were to look at me and said, hey, is there anything you don't feel comfortable with? Whether or not I have to give an explanation doesn't matter. If I say as a player, I'm uncomfortable with sexual assault, basically I now have four people looking at me like, oh shit, what just happened to her? Or what's happened to her? So I've outed myself on something. And I don't think I should ever have yeah, to say that. Yeah, that's... That's reasonable. Uh, so I understand that there's a there's a bit of a mm -hmm. delicate balance there. I think a GM at a con game would be like, if there's anything that's going to make you uncomfortable, please write it down and hand it to me so I can review it. I don't think it should yeah. be a public admission at a table with a bunch of strangers. That's that's now, fair. A, that's completely valid. With people in a long term mm -hmm. game, face to face or online, yes, in a zero session. If I'm going to play with these people for an extended period of time, absolutely, I should be okay to, tr I should trust them enough to go, all right, I can mm -hmm. say I don't want this. So I think, I think a con game is a, a different animal altogether. I think a GM at a con game is, is tasked with a greater, absolutely. a greater burden to make sure everybody has yeah. fun, number one, but also to make sure nobody has a horrible, terrible, mm -hmm. traumatic experience. To be fair, 
I, I to be completely yeah. fair though like i you know on issues of things like sexual assault or like bad things happening to children or whatever like those are issues that are just yeah. off the table for me completely to a point where i don't even think that they have to be said and you know i mean that does remind me that like there are people out there who do think that it's okay and you know i've mm-hmm. i've even played with people who were of the opinion that it was okay and it came up you know in the middle of like a long t- long term campaign you know the gm mentioned something and all of a sudden i'm like whoa hey yeah i didn't think that was something that like you thought was all right to bring up in a game cuz it's not you know and that created like a really uncomfortable situation but yeah i i don't know um well so Things like sexual, like mm-hmm. you say, not every, and that's 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 the importance of a zero session, which is off track now. But that's the importance of a zero Absolutely. session, setting the boundaries. If that's something that's completely off the table, you have to say it, you have to mention it. But I think, in in light of some, our discussion here, do you think it's fair at a table to say, all right, out of character boundaries here, don't hit on the other players in game or out of game. Is, is that a fair thing to ask people? Or do you think that's really going to just shut down a game completely? Well, if I can't hit on the fem- the only female player at the table. <laughs> I think that's... <laughs> You're just Yeah, I think that's experience. a fair thing to ask. <laughs> I personally like having the ability to, you know, flirt with other player characters. I mm-hmm. am the kind of person who really likes, you know, the option to have, like, romance included in my games. However, if okay. somebody at the table was like, hey, I don't really want that, you know, and I've I've played with somebody who didn't want that on the table and I was like, well, okay, that's fine. That's not my preferred way to play, but if it makes you uncomfortable, mm-hmm. I can respect that. And, you know, that's a that's a hard boundary that I won't cross. Out of character, definitely. Like, I think that's, I, I don't think it's great to have players flirting with each other like players flirting with each other at the table no i'll tell you that just that gets awkward a, that way lies that yeah. way lies madness yeah, <laughs> yeah and there's there's always that weird line when you're you know you're talking about having your player characters interact with each other it's like okay is somebody like you got to be very careful to make sure that you know somebody doesn't take that out of character as well and be like oh well yeah there's also her character's flirting with me maybe there's a chance you just gotta be like no okay yeah like my character may be like a bard who's like totally you know flirty and (laughs) and charismatic and all of that but be assured it is in character there are definitely boundaries that you have to establish yeah exactly the word i was thinking (laughs) you know i i have had I've had other player characters that I decided that like I wanted my character to romance, you know, and like anytime that happens, I go to that player and I'm like, hey, I think that our, you know, characters, you know, I think it would be cool to have them in a relationship. First of all, are you comfortable with this? And second, if you are, what are, you know, the boundaries that you want to have in place? You know, and I've I've had somebody straight up just say no you know, no, I'm not comfortable with that. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. End of discussion. I will not bring it up again. Well, and something like elaborate on that. Like, are you comfortable with PG, Mm -hmm. PG 13, you know, just keep it very simple like that. Like, I don't mind the, you know, little flirting back and forth because sometimes it is great for storytelling and, you know, 
pretend in-game implications, you know, Mm -hmm. but we're not role-playing some pervy, gross, nasty scene. You know what I mean? Yeah, we're going to fade to black it, and that's fine. But you you say, I'm going to ask the other PC if they're okay with it. Do you not ask the rest of the table? What if the rest of the table isn't okay with it? What if, you know... That is another very good point. And again, I think we're going off. Uh, we're going off track. <laughs> <on> that, but <laughs> anyway, uh, so but many that's that zero about. session conversation, right? Episode just on because, you know, romance between player characters. Oh my goodness! And if that's okay. We, or... Well, I, I, oh, the uh, I have a year's worth of episodes planned, and I actually have gone over a year. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to do some bonus episodes because I have so many things I want to talk about. We're going to have white hat episodes. We're going to discuss white hats. We're going to discuss table table etiquette. Like what is right and wrong mm-hmm. to do with a table? And I think a lot of this delves into delves into that. Do you guys? So I was reading an article about this topic. Like I said, I've been ruminating on this for nearly a year. And in this article, it it said that women are um, avoid combat. And de-escalate situations in games. And that is a source of contention with the men at the table because they tend to build characters for <laughs> combat and women take that away from them. <laughs> I'm sorry. I, 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 I cannot oh my God, stop myself from laughing hat. because I am uh, <laughs> probably and consistently like one of the most combat focused people at the tables that i'm at my characters are frequently the ones who will escalate situations you know if i'm i'm thinking specifically of you know one episode of pink mohawk edition where we're you know this is barely a spoiler it's like the third episode or something you know we are standing outside of a building and interrogating this guy and you know he's not answering us and sergeant butch is like you know what fuck this, I'm just gonna shoot him in the head. You know, and... (laughs) Uh (laughs) Like, I I wish I could say that's an isolated incident. It is not. That happens with me frequently at the table. (laughs) Um, Where, you know, if I I run out of talking options, I'm just like, you know what? Okay. Somebody's gonna die. (laughs) And, you know, I mean, Uh, the, the men who I've played with at tables have never have never really been more combat focused than I was. There were a couple of situations where, you know, I, I, I played with other male players who were like, Oh yeah, I, yeah, I don't even want to talk to this guy. I just want to hit him. I just want to hit him with my ax. And I'm like, I, why? Um, <laughs> so it happens on occasion, but like not especially often there's never really been, you know, like a situation where I'm like, Oh no, we're getting into combat. I don't want to be in combat. Yeah. Cookie, what do you think about that comment? I I, had... Cookie is built to be a brawler in the Call of Cthulhu game. Cookie is the tough guy. (laughs) I am the tank. Yeah. (laughs) But in our real life game, in our last two sessions, we were only able to play with just the ladies the Mm -hmm. second ago. And we liberated uh, the the oppressed and we turned everyone to our side and then they rebelled against their masters with the power of our like diplomacy basically (laughs) (laughs) go team full of ladies diplomat (laughs) basically you cemented the comment 
I used to be in a D&D group that was all women. And like, it was, it was actually my first like persistent D&D campaign. It was so much fun. But like, we would, you know, on the night that we played, like we played in a, uh, we played in a game store, we would frequently have like men walk by our table and they would be like, damn, you guys are brutal. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, yeah, we are. Yeah. Yeah. Because we don't miss anything, <laughs> you know. Royce? Yeah. Royce, what do you think? Do you think women are more combat avoidant in uh, the, the diplomats at the table? How dare you women come in here and play with my toys in a way that I... No, that's wow. the attitude that just blows my mind. I don't... I've never understood that that attitude of, like, you're playing the game that's wrong. wrong. Oh, that's so honestly stupid. hilarious to me. I've never I, heard I don't that necessarily... Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Really? <laughs> I... So as a as a avid toy collector, there are times where people will come to my house and see like because I collect oh, no, transformers I I and they will start that. playing with like them the, and I go oh. um, the women are combat avoidant oh. thing. Oh yeah, that <laughs> oh I, I don't think it's necessarily I don't think it's necessarily because of women. Like I I I've, I've met a lot of women who are combat avoidant, but most of those women happen to be the types of people who are non confrontational. Uh, otherwise as well, or the types of people who like to solve problems mm -hmm. in unique and different ways. But I've also seen a lot of guys who are the same way. Yeah. Uh, I mean, my one of my regular gaming groups has a fairly broad spectrum of like the people who show up and want to hit things with their ex, <laughs> and then the other people who are sitting there going, you know what, maybe we should talk to this person and let's see mm -hmm. what we can scam out of them, right? Uh, and, and I think that there is a, I think there's definitely an a point where it changed from being, especially when you when you're talking about role playing games, and it's more especially and specifically Dungeons and Dragons, where the game literally changed in third edition from being you only get experience for killing things to now you can get experience mm -hmm. for not killing things, and I think there's still some of that older style of gaming that goes around, especially in. Uh, again, you know, more of those uh, classic OSR uh, or the, the older sect oh, of yeah. people who grew up playing D&D that way, mm -hmm. where, you know, your your literal power in the game is directly related to how many things you've killed mm -hmm. and how much treasure you've looted. Mm -hmm. And now that the games have kind of gone away from that and there's a lot more rules for, uh, you know, social interactions or um, non-combat options in a lot more games, you're seeing a lot more people take the non-combat action uh, option and, and that's i think that's kind of universal against uh, across mm -hmm. you know uh, everyone it's not just you know uh women at, at this point though i will say i i have seen far more of older women who were playing games quote unquote back in the day who are far more likely to avoid combat than the mm -hmm. men of that same generation but as you move forward in the, the age demographic, I think it becomes a lot more of a spectrum and a lot less of the yeah. combat versus no combat. Hmm. So I, I got called out. Sakara, who is listening to the live recording here, called me out as I am. I am the most murder hobo of murder <laughs> hobos. When I play Shadowrun, depending on my character, I will, I will, I will start the combat. For any little thing, <laughs> the 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 NPC insults me. I'm gonna force choke him. Nice. 
somebody threw soda on my a fellow PC and some splashed on me. I'm going to melt their throat. <laughs> because they splashed soda on me. That seems like a reasonable reaction. I am a murder hobo. <laughs> yeah, right? It's Shadowrun. It's dystopian. I'm playing a criminal who's crazy. I built the character that way. That's just the way it is. So I will murder hobo like nobody's business. I love do. I do not avoid combat. Mm. I love combat. Do I think it's the only way to solve a problem? Yeah. No. And I'll let the more smarter people at the table, which we all know exists since I said the term <laughs> more smarter. And they're usually men. Thank God. And they'll solve the problem for me. So I don't have to kill things. Right. I'm a traitor to my gender. That's what I never told anybody at the start of this recording. So, <laughs> I disagree. You're just telling your story and mm-hmm. playing your game how you mm-hmm. want to. No, and that was, I mean, I know a lot enjoyable. of other women who are yeah. also murder hobos. <laughs> so it's you're not you're not <laughs> as much of a traitor to your gender as I think you think you are. <laughs> That's common. That's just a, I, I, I think that's just a play style thing that is not necessarily rooted in gender. Yes. And that is, that is definitely going to have to be a topic for a, another episode, mm-hmm. play styles. And, and there are so many different ones, but I do think, I, I do think women, most women, I'm going to say most women will focus on story development of their character as opposed to mechanical Mm -hmm. advantage however i know plenty of men who really focus on the story arc of their character while paying moderate amount to mechanics so i don't think it's a um split down the gender Mm -hmm. in in that in that regard at all i think a lot of men are storytellers i personally know a ton of men who are storytellers i mean the majority of my friend group is actually men and i i I think at least the vast majority of them are you know have like a very storytelling oriented play style yeah so it's not just a it's not just a gender divide kind of thing no royce what's right i agree yeah I mean, I agree. I, there are, I have some friends, uh, in one of my gaming groups who within the same group, we have, you know, a murder hobo, a go along with what everybody else is doing kind of guy. Uh, we have somebody who doesn't even really fully ever make a character sheet, depending (laughs) on what game it is. He's like, I'm just generally going to be able to do this. Uh, I mean, we play a lot of Savage Worlds so that, you know, that, doesn't really matter all that much, but you know, the mechanics of it are completely, I would even say tertiary uh, behind, you know, character and story and just having a cool concept. So yeah, I mean, just within this one group, there's, you know, four or five different play styles within five different people. And I think that's, I think it's fantastic. I think the, the biggest fault that can ever happen at a table when it comes to play style is having like more people in a specific play style than like, you know, if you've got four people who are like, we're going to do a bunch of combat and one person that's not, mm-hmm. that's going to be a rough game for that one person that's not into combat. Right. And the same goes the other way around. You got four people who are totally focused on character and, you know, story progression. You've got one guy over here munchkinning out his character. That's going to go badly for the munchkin because everybody else is just going to be so frustrated with, okay, so you can't roll that because you put all your points into the, uh, uh, you know, it just becomes frustrating because there's no cohesion, but that goes back to when you start the game. Hey, how does everybody like to play? 
let's play a game that can accommodate everyone equally. Mm -hmm. So I, I see by the time I've kept you guys about 30 minutes past what I told you this would be. Mm. So oh, let's, I let's wrap up. Notice. What are our key really? takeaways? <laughs> I know. <laughs> what are the key takeaways? Well, yeah. so far we're all having fun. That's Yay! the key takeaway. We didn't notice we went super <laughs> over time. So good job, Jupe. <laughs> I did mm -hmm. something right. So I think our, our key takeaway is some of our key takeaways are women need to, to speak up at the table when something isn't going mm -hmm. Right. I think we've we've proven that women do get treated somewhat differently. I mean, I, I have many stories. I am sure Mac has many stories. I, I oh, didn't yeah. even get into my, my I have even stories. more stories. I could. <laughs> I mean, we could make a fucking yeah. two-hour episode just of me telling my gaming horror stories. <laughs> you know, all of the horrible treatment yeah. that I've received because I am gay, because I am a woman, because I'm non-binary. <laughs> But, mm -hmm. Yeah, obviously we don't yeah. have time for that. No, there's, there's. So we do know that women Absolutely. do get treated differently. We, we, have, we felt that, we see that. But what I also am seeing is that women don't game too differently from men. Some of us are are combat focused. Some of us are story focused. But we see the reverse side mm -hmm. on the on the male end as well. We do kind of also realize that maybe that zero session is a little more important and we should delve a little deeper into what's okay and not okay at a table and out of character and in character. Any other thoughts, final thoughts on, um, you know, as a woman in gaming, like if, if you're going to be at an art, if you're going to play an RPG, what's the best advice you could give a woman who's new to the hobby? Mac. <sighs> oh boy. That is a, difficult question because I like even though I've helped a lot of people you know a lot of like women who are new to gaming as a hobby you know enter the hobby and learn about said hobby and everything I don't know what one specific piece of advice I would give them relating to being a woman in gaming I I, I guess the best thing that I can think of is set boundaries and don't let people talk over you not that I can think of immediately. Yeah, if I, I don't know, if I have something else. I'll yeah, come back to I guess you once I ask the end. others. That's fine. All right. <laughs> Cookie, do you have any advice to any women who are new to the RPG hobby, since you are also new yourself? Any insight or anything that surprised you as you entered it? Definitely have a good time. You know, and if you're not comfortable, I would say try and speak to your GM, you know, um, on the sly if you feel like you have to. And if your issue isn't resolved, then maybe that's not the right group for you. And don't be afraid to, you know, meet new people. And obviously, you don't know anything yet. <laughs> I'm only speaking from super experience. Everyone knows more than you and that's okay. You know, ask questions, but again, don't allow yourself to be like talked down to, mm -hmm. I guess would be the thing. Stand your ground, know your worth. You guys are powerful, beautiful women. Do it. Okay. I thought of something else. And I'm Royce? <laughs> oh, all right. Let, let's okay. let Royce go. All right, and then that's we're fine. I'm sorry. <laughs> all right. No, no, you're good. I you're am. so excited. I love it. I mean, above above all the, the advice I give is just don't take any crap from anybody. Like, don't ever feel like you have to sit there and take it just because you want to fit in. If you're that's where you're fitting in, like uh, Cookie said, that's probably not somewhere you actually want to be. 
Okay. All right. right. Okay. (laughs) My, another really good piece of advice that I thought of is don't let one bad experience completely turn you off from gaming. That can be a really difficult thing to say to somebody, especially, you know, depending on what kind of horrible experience they've had in gaming, you know, and, but, you know, there are, there are so many great people in this hobby. There's a lot of shitty people out there, but there's a lot of great people too. And, you know, enjoying gaming is so dependent on finding the right people to engage in this hobby with. So, you know, I mean, like I said, I have a huge long list of like horrible experiences that I've had in gaming. And yet, you know, when I talk about being a gamer, you know, there's, I I, I have so many positive things to say because I, I, I guess I've had, I guess I've had fewer positive experiences than I've had negative experiences, but those so far outweigh, you know, the bad that I've experienced in this hobby. And yeah, it can be a really rewarding experience as long as you're in it with the right people. You just need to make sure that you are playing with people who respect you. Mm-hmm. So uh, Zakara says he's, he suggests you play with people you can trust first and never or don't be afraid mm-hmm. to walk away from a game. I think what I would suggest to anybody coming into the game, into the hobby, would be to value yourself above anything. Definitely. Just know that you are you deserve to have fun. You are worth more your your time, your energy, your fun. All of it is worth more than anybody else at that table <laughs> to you. Be a good player at the table, have good etiquette, but value yourself to walk away or to at least at the very least speak up when something doesn't sit right with you. And I think that's something a lot of women don't feel they can do. Mm -hmm. And I know I'm, I'm one of those. I've, I've had a time where I've sat in a game and, and I have been white knighted and somebody else had to stand up for me because I could not speak for myself. Those days are gone. Now you can't get me to <laughs> shut up at a table. So <laughs> I'm way too opinionated now. And for good or for worse, mm-hmm. who knows? So, <laughs> But I thank um, all of you for joining me and for staying extra with me because it was a good conversation. And I have a feeling we could probably go on for another hour <laughs> or more. But uh, uh, if I have any other episodes in the future, if if you guys would um, do me the honor of coming back to have further discussion on other topics, I would definitely enjoy having all of you back, uh, Mac, Cookie, and, and Royce. Royce, this is your second one. I may come back to you and with just treat you as an employee and not pay you. This is great. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my goodness. <laughs> uh, you wouldn't be the first. Yes. All right. Yeah. I, I would love to come back. Honestly, I love talking about, right. uh, I love talking about gaming. Mm. Yeah. <laughs> well, I'm, I'm going to build uh and I'm going to edit this part out guys, but, uh, I'm going to build a, um, an episode to talk about mm-hmm. white hats and white hats are people who perceive themselves as heroes or of a high moral standard when they gain. Mm. And specifically to Shadowrun, 
which is a dystopian future where you are a criminal at best and a terrorist at worst. I feel white hats Wait, don't have a There's place. people in Shadowrun who think they're yeah. white hats? Yes! <laughs> oh, there are, and I despise it. But there are other I'm people I'm doing this who for the it. greater good. No! Really? Are you? No, no. So I'm going to put together an episode. I'm going to have several people on, and we're going to discuss people who are pro-white hat and feel it's okay and has a place in the game. Mm-hmm. And then I'm going to get all the people on my side. <laughs> And I'm going to be sure to make it even. That's great. Uh, would, you, would you be opposed to having someone in the middle on that topic? Because yes, I am, I I am very solidly in the middle. You're in the middle. Well, yeah, Morality police right here now. <laughs> the, uh, no, the, a, a moral criminal is somebody mm-hmm. that's good to have at the party because it keeps the rest of you from basically turning into actual yeah. terrorists. <laughs> I, I, I just, uh, it is it is a topic of, of mm. huge debate, and I love debating this topic um, because I hate the white hat. I, as a GM in Shadowrun, my bane, my curse has been to always get a table of white hat runners. <laughs> oh, no. And I, I hate, I'm like, oh, so what I do to them, and Zakar is right because he's been at my table, I will throw moral quandary after moral mm. quandary. Just to see if I can break them. They never break. <laughs> Great. Ever. Oh, it kills me. I'm like, please be a criminal mm. just one time. <laughs> one time. Just be that cold-blooded, died in the wool criminal. Be the kind of person who will melt somebody's throat <laughs> for having soda splashed on them. That's all I want. So close to home. <laughs> <laughs> But uh, yes, uh, when I get that episode uh, set up, we're going to have several people, like I said, and uh, I would love to have um, any of you. If you guys are interested, just let me know. I know, Mac, you, you've already told me you're, you're ready to play middle ground. <laughs> yeah, totally. And we need middle ground. Mm-hmm. We need middle ground. Um, <laughs> but thank you again for uh, joining me, and uh, I will be back with another episode, more exciting topics to talk about on mm-hmm. <laughs> Out of Character. Yeah. Thank you again. Oh, thank you. It's been fantastic. Thank and thank you, Cookie and Mac. You guys are. Thank you. I hope I didn't talk wonderful. over you I guys too everything. much because I know I uh, have a tendency to do that sometimes. <laughs>